Welcome back to The Table Women, a podcast by and about women in the entertainment industry. I'm Sarah DeForest. And I'm Victoria Banks. It's season three, and we've got so many wonderful conversations and creators of all kinds to share with you. You know the drill. Pull up a chair and get nice and comfy, because everyone is welcome and everyone deserves a seat at The, the table. table. Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think, and don't let them stop you. Stop you. Don't, don't let them stop Stop you. Don't, don't let them stop you. Welcome back, guys. We have such a special episode. You've just got Victoria and I today, but lots of things to talk about. We are doing a recap because it has been a minute and life has been changing very fast in a wonderful way. We're going to talk about the new schedule of ours, releasing a new episode once a month, every second Tuesday of the month. Um, Why we're doing that, what's been going on, uh, guests so far, um, and all kinds of fun stuff. So let's Let's jump into it. Victoria, how have you been? It's been a little bit since they've heard from us personally. Yeah, I've been good. Um, Yeah, we kind of uh, transitioned from clustering all our recording together and then releasing it in a in a season really quickly to sort of spacing it out a little bit more um, because we've both gotten really busy in a good way. So um, I have uh, just started teaching songwriting at Belmont University of all places, which kind of blows my mind that I'm qualified to to (laughs) teach at a university. (laughs) I I have like this imposter syndrome about it, but um, it turns out that spending 20 plus years in the music business actually uh, is worth something. And so um, yeah, I've been I've been throwing myself into that, and of course, still doing the writing and stuff too. So I don't want to let that fall by the wayside because that is, of course, where my passion is. But um, I equally love talking about songwriting. So it turns <laughs> out that um, that this is a great place for me, and I really love it. I'm so happy for you and so proud. We were talking before we started this. She just like is glowing. She always looks good, but she's glowing. You can tell that she just like loves songwriting and loves this new job and all of these students and everything. It's amazing and it's so deserved. These I feel I I I've put this on social media before. I feel like I'm I'm getting to hear like Lizzo before she's Lizzo and Taylor Swift before she's Taylor Swift and like Chris mm-hmm. Stapleton before he's Chris Stapleton. These students are incredible incredible and and they're and I get to help hone their craft and help them discover who they are as songwriters and so much of what took me years to learn the hard way I get to just impart to them to hopefully save them some time in their journey and and I think that it also it makes me feel like I can sort of um, pay forward into the anthology of music in ways beyond just myself right so it's like there's this anthology of music that exists in the universe and and it includes the songs that you write and and release and put out there but if you can help other people do the same and if you can help them sort of have a sense of the importance of what you contribute to that anthology and the power that you have as a songwriter to say something important um then i just think it just feels good to be a part of that yeah, yeah, and it, it feels, and hearing you talk about it too, it feels like uh, an, another version of what we 
try to do here. Like yes. helping give that information out and create a community and build the next generation and help the next people in line. And it's so exciting. I remember I was thinking about this this morning while we were setting up when you first got the job and we were talking about it. And um, and I, I put together like a little Spotify playlist of like not country stuff. So you could hear the because I'm not as much in that vein anymore. But we even like had a, te- a long text discussion of like Lil Nas X and like what was going on there with Gen <laughs> yeah. Z and TikTok and like what it was meaning and the whole thing with everybody going crazy and all this. Like you just wanted to prepare yourself as best you could to go into this with like not just country music knowledge, like the yeah. whole thing and cultural knowledge knowledge and all this stuff and it's it's such a fun time I can't wait to hear your students like someday with number ones um and maybe getting to interview them here and like talk about it you know well and Um, it keeps it keeps you um young and hungry and engaged and on fire for music when Mm -hmm. you can keep yourself surrounded by people who are young and hungry and on fire and and engaged, right? It's like, it's, it's very easy in a business where things change so quickly to, to sort of age out because if you don't adapt your writing style, if you don't adapt what you're listening to and Mm -hmm. stay up with the new trends of what's coming out and the new trends in technology of how people are finding music, then you're going to just sail away on the ship and <laughs> into the distance, yeah. you know? So I love the fact that I get to be in it. And, and I, you know, I'm always hungry for that stuff, but I'm in a place now where I can really find it and feed on it from the people that I'm around. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. We'll get it. We're, we have a plan to get into the whole TikTok thing yes. in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been such a wonderful summer, and it also feels like it's gone by in the blink of an eye. Yeah, what um, have you been up to, Sarah? It's, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think. It's, I, so we talked about this a little bit before. I'm working with some new teams that I'm really excited about, getting to work on pitches for artists that I never in a million years thought I would I would get to pitch for and write for. Um, and I had my first two couple big cuts that came out um for a band that I grew up listening to uh called Revolution who oh, cool. who knew I who knew I did reggae I didn't know I did reggae until I did reggae um <laughs> and that. then you know out of three sessions we got two songs on the record one of them was the title track and lead single which was insane um and it has like four million plus streams on Spotify alone at the moment. I never thought I would get to say that with my first cut. My What's first the song called? Cut. Um, it's called Satisfied. And the other album cut is called Adapt, Survive. Um, and then got some indie cuts coming uh, that came out and some big holds in K-pop and some other stuff at the moment. So we are in a fun place um that I it feels like everything is just ramping up I feel like I'm waiting to wait in a very exciting way um and also getting to see the landscape of Nashville and of music change super super rapidly yes um which is so crazy to like in real time watch as the world is changing very rapidly as well and Mm -hmm. um I've been doing some consulting for 
uh, different parts of the industry and artists and industry people and getting to talk with them about how things are changing for them and especially a lot of consulting when it comes to TikTok and Gen Z and and um, adapting things and making things authentic. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of discussions about how Gen Z and the younger generations, we are so well adapt, uh, adapted to, to picking out uh, sales pitches and ads and all this stuff you have to be able to recognize how how to do it in a way that doesn't seem silly that is authentic mm-hmm. and that's a whole conversation that comes with the TikTok thing so that's been really exciting to flex my muscles in the industry arena of this as well this summer it's been really really fun um, and writing a bunch. I'm still weirdly on Zoom. I forget that people are like <laughs> back to normal because I, I work a lot with teams in LA, New York, and Miami. And so I'm like, I'm on Zoom anyway, well, guys. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what was great about the pandemic unlocking that. Uh, I mean, it forced everyone into the habit of writing on Zoom. And now it's mm-hmm. not a big deal if you're not in the same city and you can write across to the other side of the world if you if you need to. So um, exactly. yeah, I, I love that. It, it it is a crazy weird time right now too with the pandemic because it's like mm-hmm. it's over but it's not over and yes. it's actually it's pretty crazy having my two kids are both in different yeah. schools now um, my my four-year-old started pre-k and she since the beginning of school a few weeks ago has been sent home five times oh. uh, on suspicion of covid never had it thank god but you know coughed and got sent home and then um and then was sent home one time for 10 days so that was fun so at the same time as a parent you, you know I, everything is back to in person in terms of how we're expected to work uh so my husband's teaching in person i'm teaching in person Mm -hmm. and how do you do that when you have a child at home (laughs) so it gets very complicated i've had some very stressful days trying to figure that out it's like a an in-between time when you know, the kids aren't vaccinated yet. So in some ways, I'm like, oh, I wish that there was a little more grace for the fact that we're still trying to protect our kids from an even more dangerous variant right now for children. And uh, until they're vaccinated, we can't really have normal. But at the same time, I also understand the need to get back to in person and then the need psychologically to to feel like we're moving forward, because it's just such a long time to stop the world. And and I understand that completely so it's just a a weird time where you feel like oh my gosh just protect us please through this god you know (laughs) and speaking of back in person too even shows like i have friends that are going out all the time and i'm still like i'm vaccinated and i'm still like "Mm, i'm gonna pick and choose wisely and wear my mask if i can i went to a friend's um whiskey jam show last night and uh wore masks on and off depending on like Mm -hmm. what i was doing at the time and um, it felt so weird, even though it wasn't packed, like a lot of them are. Yeah. I've been to whiskey jams that were the outside ones, um, which like the outside one was more packed than the inside one was mm-hmm. at this one. So which was it was amazing. But also it was my first time being in a crowd and I was like weird. <laughs> I was like, so mm, don't touch me. Um, yes. <laughs> and it was it's so amazing to be back in live music and have that yes. visceral thing and mm-hmm. see people and connect with people. But it's weird to have that in back of your mind oh my god am I standing too close are they too close like I where's my hand sanitizer like (laughs) all of that stuff like how how can I leave now not because I want to leave but like is it cool if I leave now because exposure time and I even like have um I have a friend that went 
back home and and got breakthrough COVID through her vaccine. And it was like so much easier because she was vaccinated. Um, But even then that, like there's just so much going on. It's, It's also one of those times I was thinking about the kids as well especially in Tennessee the cases are really really bad here yeah and it's it's scary but the need to be in person and have that socialization just as us as adults and songwriting like so much of our social contact is songwriting we like hang out with our friends and we talk about our lives and we write songs and and that kind of went away but even like I in middle school had a couple years where I was really sick and didn't really go to school and had a bunch of surgeries and I remember coming back from like almost two years of not really being there Mm. and really struggling to like connect with my peers to find what to talk about to I didn't know anything about what was going on in their lives like it felt like things had kind of moved on without me and it's a little different now because everyone's isolated but I, I keep thinking about that and how difficult that was for me as like like a 10 to 12 year old mm-hmm. um, and how crazy it must be um, as a young kid I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on TikTok. I'm like so bad at this. Um, I could, I, speaking as a person who gave Victoria like a dissertation on Lil Nas X via TikTok. I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> but um, there's this trend on TikTok that I think is hilarious. All the people that had babies in the pandemic and there's a, a sound that everybody uses and it's like, these pandemic babies are different. They are built <laughs> different. And they're like, these babies are crazy. These babies coming out walking and smoking. Like it's just... And the videos of these children, they're like, I saw one yesterday that was like this baby was eight months old and was swinging, pulling itself up, doing pull-ups and like flipping itself around on a little baby gymnastic bar. Whoa. Eight months old. The woman was like, I don't know. Whoa. I don't. I don't know. Like, the, and everyone's like, quite wow. literally, these babies are like developing quicker <laughs> and like stronger. And it is insane. I've seen it couple psychologists talk about it and they're, they're like yeah there is a lot to say about like the the stress of everything yeah. and how that affects the brain Super and early development <laughs> exactly but they're also like but think about it this is the first time in pretty much american history in recent history at least where the both parents are home yes and 24 7 for the first year of their the child. life yeah yeah, right. and how much of a difference that interaction makes mm-hmm. in that development. So it's it's a whole, I mean, crazy life. But wow. oh my gosh, that's really cool. I didn't that. know about that. Sarah yeah, in the TikTok, you know fun. what's going on out there. I love it. <laughs> I, I I resisted it for a minute because I was like, I don't want another Instagram. I love uh, it so much. I love but it so, so much. So one thing that um, is kind of cool that has happened over the last little while that I've watched happen is um, one of my good friends friends from my publishing company um, in my last publishing deal, uh, Walker Hayes, um, he's had uh, record deals for a little while with, mm-hmm. um, he, he works with Shane McAnally at Smack, and he's put out a record and it was brilliant, but it didn't really go crazy, you know, on the chart. Mm-hmm. And But he has this song that he put out called Fancy Like, and he created a little dance to it, like a little sort of, you know, step dance that he did to it with his family. He's got like six kids. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, he'd put it on TikTok and then it took off and everybody started doing this dance. And then now it's like at the top of the Billboard Top 100 and it's heading for the top of the country chart and country radio. And Mm -hmm. it all started from this TikTok dance. And 
it's just so cool to watch that happen for somebody. Really, it's so organic because it's just him to the world through TikTok. There's no middleman trying to promote it. There's no, you know, massive There's no how record will we market this. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> it was just, it caught on because it just had a thing. And um, I love watching that. Yeah, and it's so beautiful and, and weird what blows up and what doesn't. I've got a couple of friends that have gone viral and some that have been able to really maintain it. Um, and and speaking of our our first kind of guests of, of season two, really, um, two of them uh, had that happen with their song, Blue Neck, Nell Maynard right. or season and three. Chris yes. Hausman. Yes. Sorry, yes, Nell season three. Oh my goodness, time, yeah. y'all. Season time three, not two. Uh, <laughs> time is so weird. Um, Chris and Nell and their whole song, and that has continued to grow and have a life of its own and get coverage. And it's, um, it's so beautiful and interesting the way that that can make or break a career and and so many beautiful ways and I think early on even in season two actual season two um we've had a lot of industry people talking about I think um Mariah Topol was one of them talking about one of their things that they're concerned about in the industry being the all these massive signings off of TikTok hits Mm -hmm. and it could you know like these people not knowing the industry, but also them being taken advantage of not knowing the industry and signing these deals. And I think it's so interesting, Nashville um, and LA, but I think Nashville especially is a town where people know so much about the industry and really educate themselves that I think it's a really nice little kind of like guinea pig pocket of these people who are like knowledgeable and then having independent success and what that looks like. Um, John Harvey too, he's a friend of mine. Um, and his song Bleach, he just um, just announced it's been in the works for a little bit, but he blew up on TikTok for his song Bleach, which is awesome. It's like mm-hmm. a punk, like new punk pop, really cool. Just signed with 300 um, for a record deal and all this stuff and seeing how that blew up out of nowhere. Um, and it's it's so crazy how that really shapes a career we were i mm-hmm. mentioned to you before bridgerton the musical anyone who likes bridgerton <laughs> um this is for you even if you're not on tiktok it'll blow your mind um at the start of the pandemic or right out right after bridgerton came out have you seen bridgerton right? yes yes okay okay love it we love it very sad that that hot duke guy is not coming back for season two but my mind is open um (laughs) so this girl who is a uh pop artist writer in her own right she's like 22 now it's crazy she's so young um and even as 20 someone 24 i was like oh my god you're like 21 22 Mm. this is insane and um and she just loved it and she made a tiktok and she was like what if bridgerton was a broadway musical like what would that sound like and she wrote a song and it went viral what like viral viral and she wrote this beautiful incredible gut-wrenching hooky as hell like song Mm. um about I think it was them fighting on their wedding night, like declaring their love for the, mm. each other or something like that part. And um, and it, there's a part for a guy. And so people would duet her and sing the male part and do duets oh, like on cool. TikTok. And so thousands and thousands and thousands of people were duetting this and it was getting big. And then she wrote another song for it. because it, And then she wrote a whole album. And wow. she has a, another 
friend of hers who is a woman we love it female producers mm-hmm. came on as a producer they scored the whole thing they wrote an entire album about like the entire arc of this it is some of the most beautiful songs intelligently crafted like hooky as heck um and they just released the album today and oh, it has cool. gone viral they've been on the today show they've been they have now they signed with CAA mm-hmm. they signed with um, all of these different people they just performed at like one of these big music festivals and it came from them just nerding out over a Netflix show that yeah. they binged in in quarantine and now they have these careers and they're even getting hired to write for and score other projects that's so great because it's like it, it takes like the artifice out of the marketing of an artist when they are just yeah. doing something because they love it and they're mm-hmm. just being themselves and and they can put that out there and then the world decides this is going to catch fire this is worth listening to this is worth sharing and spreading around and then because of that the record deal comes and the r- potential radio or media exposure comes uh, I love that. It's so much less constructed than the traditional way of here, let's sign an artist and then we'll figure out what the public is going to want from them. And then we'll try to make them into that. And then we will put it, you know, it's just, it's so much more organic. And I I love that. And I mean, I know it, it sounds like... I laugh at myself sometimes because when I listen back to the episodes, I'm like, I'm like the Mickey Guyton show because I talk about Mickey Guyton all the time. But <laughs> I love Mickey Guyton and I write with her. So guys, I'm going to keep talking about her. But um, she's a great example of someone who did that too because she put mm-hmm. out these songs that she was writing that were you know, relevant to the times and what she was experiencing. And she just put them out on social media. And then that's what caught fire to her career. And the audience decided this is what we want to hear. And I had a really cool experience last weekend um, where uh, I got to take my girls down to the Country Music Hall of Fame and see uh, an exhibit that is about the song that I wrote with Mickey called What Are You Gonna Tell Her? Which was inspired when I was sitting in the room. I mean, my part of it and part of the conversation when we were writing the song was about, Victoria, how are you going to raise your daughters? What are you gonna tell them about the world not being fair to women, Mm -hmm. to minorities? I mean, to people who are different. How are, what are you going to tell them? And so the song was inspired by my daughters and I got to take them to the Hall of Fame and show them, look, here's an exhibit about this song that you inspired. And it, the exhibit, it's, it's pretty special. It, it, there's a, they have the actual dress that she wore when she performed the song on the Academy of Country Music Awards in September 2020 with Keith Urban. And that was the first time that a black woman had ever sung an original song on the Academy of Country Music Awards in 55 years of award history. And so it, mm-hmm. it made history that night. And um, they have uh, copies of text messages from my phone on the day that we were writing the song and Mickey sending a message afterwards saying, you know, thank you for hearing me and listening to me and and writing this with me and us saying thank you for letting us and it gives us something to do that's so soul fulfilling besides trying to just aim for this radio market you know and so we have those they have those text messages on display and then they have um 
a, a display of artists on a big TV screen on the wall talking about the issue of diversity in country music. And I was like, girls, look, this is a, you're a part of this conversation. You're a big part of this conversation. And, and, um, and I remember when we were standing there, I just kept standing there and staring at it, you know, and then when we took pictures together with them sitting on my lap in front of it and, and my husband said to them, <laughs> he said, isn't it cool that mommy has this song and it's in the, in the country music hall of fame. And, and my six year old goes, well, you know, what's cooler daddy is that I am in this song. And so that means I am famous. <laughs> So we see what her priorities are. <laughs> so oh, she might be a little oh small gosh. to actually grasp it, but it was just a really cool full circle experience to to do that. And you know, some moments like that in your life are bigger than you can even really wrap your head around when you're in them. I'm yeah. like, I don't even think I can absorb what this means right now, um, yeah. and what it means to me that to be a part of this. You know, um, mm-hmm. but that was pretty. That was a pretty special thing. It's like Blue Ivy being on Beyonce's uh, Lemonade album a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. And then like, imagine imagine growing up and then just being like, oh yeah, my voice is on that. Like I have a Grammy yes. <laughs> when I was two, just cause. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that might, that'll be something that'll be so incredible. Like something that they might write their college admissions essay about, yeah. you know, like having that kind of mom that yeah. did that and that being part of those conversations and and being able to not only grow up watching what it looks like to be an ally to other women, to minorities, to people that are, are vastly different than you, but equally as worthy and making sure everyone has a seat at the table and also being able to directly be a part of that and feel what it feels like. Like, I don't think they'll ever grow up not knowing the baseline of including everybody and i think Mm -hmm. that's something that is so incredible i'm learning now more than ever especially as we we talk to all of these people for a living we talk to people and we write about our lives and i i have moments sometimes where like i grew up with a mom who um owned her own business who graduated high school at 16 moved on her own who put her younger siblings through college for her parents who you know my dad was a civil rights protester in Detroit in the 60s and we had a problem in high school he'd be like stay just sit in you know like my parents were very like you fight for what you believe in and you do all this stuff and I got to watch them and I, I would have these moments where where I would stand up for myself or do something or not do something and even to this day it happens where people are like wait, you did that? Mm-hmm. You said that? Mm-hmm. And it truly never crossed my mind to not. That's it so amazing. It never crossed well, my mind. I mean, that's how I hope that I can raise my my kids that way. Because for me, looking at the pattern of what's happened in, in my life, being involved in, in Mickey's career and, and some of the, the, the changes, feeling like, you know, somewhat part of the changes that are happening in country music. I, I wish that that had been purposeful for Mm -hmm. me but it was accidental it was just where I was and what I was feeling and who I was writing with and my experience and this is what came out of that but what I've learned from this is that you can do it purposefully and you can make choices about how you're spending your time and who you're giving your energy to and Mm -hmm. what you're saying in your music 
um, you can make choices that are strategic and purposeful to try and be inclusive um, and to try and change the direction of the ship to where you really think it should be. And so when you can live with that sort of awareness and start making your decisions about your, your calendar and your time and spend them in that direction, then that gives you even more capability of changing things, I think. And and I hope, I think people are realizing that more and more that you can actually, you know, have purpose about changing a business, which is not running the way that you want it to run. You have power as one little person, you Mm -hmm. know, you just have to, you just have to think of it that way and value what you do and enough to spend it in the direction that you think it should be spent. And, and, um, Yeah. So I think the more people do that, the more people realize that the more we're going to see things changing in in the industry. Yeah. And it's a new it's a new generation of people. I think we've talked about this before a lot, but um, I think it's it's even sometimes more powerful that you ended up doing that, because I think there is a lot more fear and a lot more stigma around speaking up for injustice when you were starting out, even just a couple of years ago. And and I've definitely experienced it, especially when I was younger. But even now to this day, that never even crossed my mind not to say that or do this. Mm -hmm. Um, It does not get me in it not get me in trouble sometimes, but I can see like, oh, I said that in a session and they definitely don't agree with me that. And, And but here's the the thing that I've just reconciled with is I I don't want to create or be friends with or be signed to a place that doesn't believe that everybody deserves a chance, that yeah. everybody is welcome at the table. And that doesn't mean that I can't respect that every person is a person and we all have different mm-hmm. um, upbringings. You know, this industry, especially you come in contact with all kinds of people and you, you learn people are just people everyone we all have our failings you know and you know publishing companies labels crews of writers are just like any other area it's like high school like attracts like and so whatever is like shed in you being authentic is shed because it's not right for you yeah and so I think that's something like early on I really was just trying to to be respected and to impress and to grow. And mm-hmm. at, a, at a point I was just like, I, I'm at a place now where I've, I have learned enough where I can break the rules now, yeah. quote unquote, break the rules. And it was very freeing. And I, it never, like I never would be working with these people that I feel so incredibly like in line with yes. if I hadn't have done that. And speaking of, I mean, Sasha was such an incredible person she was so mm-hmm. decisive she was so honest she was um yeah. and had such an incredibly like difficult but bad ass journey yes like she really she knows who is she not is not afraid yeah she's she not afraid she, she knows who she is yeah yeah I loved that about her too just her sort of grit and matter-of-factness about mm-hmm. I mean it's tough but I'm doing it you know and yeah. I love that um, I loved that she um we we said this a little bit afterwards but usually we have to either kind of like ask more questions to get people to 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 dig more deeply into things or um 
or it, it's a long conversation, but Sasha mm-hmm. was one of those. She gave she nugget right after nugget after <laughs> nugget <laughs> of like good information of truth of like all that. We were like, oh, this episode is like shorter than we expected yeah. just because she said all the things and like, oh my yeah. gosh, like we didn't have to um, have a whole long conversation about it. She was like, this is it. Yes. I know it. And it was so nice. It was well, so refreshing. And, and what you were just saying about... Um, you know, fear of speaking out or fear of speaking your truth and and that debate that you have with yourself at some point in your mm-hmm. life uh, reminded me of the 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 episode with Chris um, and Nell because I think it was Nell, was it Nell or maybe it was Chris that I said- I think it was Nell, yeah. Yeah, Nell was saying, oh, well, you know, maybe if I'm gonna write gay music, am I writing gay music for, for gay people and with gay people, is that what I'm gonna be doing? And And then she was like, well, yeah, okay, that's fine. If that's what I do, then that's what I do. But it's interesting that, you know, yeah. that was the sort of thought process that that they went through where it's like, is this mm-hmm. going to pigeonhole me into uh, taking opportunities away? And in mm-hmm. fact, what it does is create a place for you where there's more opportunity and where what you do can catch fire to the world more because it's coming from a mm-hmm. true place. And and it finds its people that that align with it. So, um, yeah. yeah. And Nell also, which I think is exactly in line with that, she also said in that episode, which I totally loved, it was so her, but hearing her say it, I was like, you're so cool. I love you so much. Um, she, uh, when we were talking about coming out, Chris was talking about his kind of evolution there. And Nell was like, it never crossed my mind yes. to not be out. She's to like, I've be always out. been out. Yes. She was like, it never crossed my mind to hide it because I've always been out. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it, it wasn't a decision. It was just who she was and she wasn't going to hide it. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought that is so beautiful because so often, especially in, in this town and country music and, you know, and anything entertainment really, that is a massive part of someone's story is being in the closet and yeah. deciding to come out and what happens with that. And with her, she was like, I, yes. I've always been out, never crossed my mind not to be. Oh, and gosh. I love that. Yes. I hope that we, we have from now on genera- generations of people that that don't know what it's like to yeah. have to to be in the closet to to have to think whether or not they are okay to be themselves you exactly know? i hope um, we can create the environment that says that is fine and accepted and yeah and has yeah. its has has a place at the table <laughs> so, yeah exactly yeah. and and even um even anna may she has her own journey with you know, she talked about the the new songs that are about to come out. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time this comes out, it'll already be out. They're just about to come out. But um, anime's new record, and she was talking about how, you know, she's incredibly successful in sync and, and so talented at it. And that is her. But these new songs are more authentically her because if you don't know what sync is, it's for film and TV placements, the songs you hear behind commercials and film and TV and all that stuff. And, um, and a lot of times you have to write it in a specific way where it'll be usable. Um, so it's still authentic, but there are certain things you can and can't do that will, you know, take away or add to it. And sometimes you even get a brief, which is like they tell you kind of what they want it to say what they want it to sound like um different topics and and she just had this beautiful point in our talk where she was like I've never 
created something so authentically me and Mm -hmm. she was like I've always known what I wanted to sound like but I didn't ever find anyone who could make that dream a reality and now she next door to herself found somebody that could amazingly put it together and now they're putting it out to the universe and she's you know never been more authentic and even the part about talking about being afraid to tell her publisher that she was engaged, being afraid to have a life for fear that that was going to signal to people that she was like unavailable old news was already, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff and and all that. So I I think this season um, mirrors the world in terms of like all of these different areas of fear and hiding and not being able to be authentic, Mm -hmm. hopefully going forward, being able to be like, oh, that's just a part of maybe who we are I'm yeah maybe that's part of what the pandemic did for us making us be yeah. with ourselves and no one else for so long that we had no choice but to be ourselves yeah and yeah. really know what that looks like it's uncomfortable but it also is I feel like it clears away a lot of the clutter mm-hmm. when it goes to moving forward in life no matter how old you are no matter what industry you're in um yeah there's nothing like it yep well, I got to go yeah. teach some young, hungry songwriters. Yes, you so do. You got to go create the next Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. We're so excited about this season. We'll do another recap at the end. Um, but Yeah, uh, at the end, we're going to have to answer um, our rapid fire questions because yes, they terrify the me. They're really good rapid fire questions. <laughs> I'm are. like, oh, I don't know the answers oh. to those that I would give. Yes, so and they're we'll new ones. give ourselves as- a shot at that later. Yeah, we'll do that. But thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for following us on this new schedule, this um, stuff as life gets amazing and busy. Um, And we will see you next time. See you next time. To stay up to date on all things The Table on social media, join us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at the handle at sign the table women. Our theme song, Stop You, is written and performed by yours truly, Sarah DeFores, co-written by Taylor Foley and Will McBeth, and produced by Will McBeth. And as always, we'll include links to any creatives, music, television, etc. referenced in this episode in the episode notes. We'll see you next time on The, the Table. Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think, and don't let them stop you. Stop you, don't let them stop you.